We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Saturday morning. My name is Steven, and I'm the host, as always. And joining me is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Uh, doing very well. A little bittersweet today. If you haven't seen the end of Loki, you know, who knows where it goes from here. Hiddleston says this is the end of everything for him. So um, I know there's a game tomorrow that we will talk about, but <laughs> I had to start with that because the finale on Thursday was spectacular. Yeah, uh, it's it's really unfortunate because a lot of the Marvel movies have become so watered down recently, but a lot of the TV shows have been fantastic. Um, and I think the same could go for the Star Wars stuff, but um, Loki was incredible. And um, the finale was one of the best things of TV I, I've watched in my life. And I, I like a lot of reactionary to tv can be very hyper hyperbolic obviously but the way that the finale i'm not going to spoil anything obviously but the way that the finale tied things up from not just this season not just the first season but the entire character of loki i think is is truly fantastic and i think that loki the character has gone through quite a journey because uh you know obviously like you know, he was the the villain in the first Thor and the villain in the first Avengers. And then they like brought him back for Thor two and like all this stuff. And it was just kind of, 
it felt like the character was a little watered down at some point and then for him to get his own show i was curious to see how they would do it and wrap up his character arc and, and kind of rebound so to speak and i think they did a fantastic job with with the whole series and um you know the finale was was truly one of the best uh shows of tv i've seen in a, in a very long time yeah i would agree i've watched it three separate times now i the third oh, wow. time I, I skip more towards like the last third or so and you know everyone who's seen it knows kind of what i'm talking about uh there's just a combination of the writing the acting the score the moments the callbacks the everything it's like yeah. it was it was almost nothing will ever top it but it was almost like the avengers assemble endgame portals thing where like mm. everything just comes together perfectly um, but it was just spe you know, specific for one character so uh, amazing yes we're talking about loki k rich uh amazing the, the sci-fi elements the all that uh, maybe we'll talk about it more next week um but yeah a lot of amazing stuff in there yeah no spoilers but uh you know tyler and i are big uh big movie and, and tv nerds too so you know we we like to chat it up we were messaging back and forth uh you know about it i haven't seen the marvels yet i don't know if i'm gonna see it in theaters honestly the reviews that i've heard are are not fantastic so far um and uh like i said a lot of the movies just feel a little bit watered down but the the loki series was so good i loved the first season this season started out a little slow but i think once it really picked up after like this the once the third episode aired, i was like okay i'm all the way back in and this is uh fantastic so uh if you haven't seen it go watch it because it's awesome um it is also veterans day so I have to give a shout out to all the veterans out there appreciate your service we have a few that jump in the chat from time to time um if it's if it weren't for the uh naval presence in san diego i would not be a chargers fan i've, I've talked about this before but my uncle served in the navy was stationed in san diego and I ended up staying there for you know the bulk of his life raising his family and that's a, a, a big reason why i became a chargers fan so um Appreciate all of the veterans out there. Both of my grandfathers served in, in military forces. Uh, my mom's dad in the Navy, my dad's dad in the Army. So um, it's it's a big thing in the Hagelin family. Obviously, not I'm not a you know veteran or anything by that, but um, I really do appreciate any veteran and the service that they have provided for our country. So if you're a veteran listening, we appreciate you. Thank you for your service. Anybody out there. Uh, you know, make sure and uh, go say thank you for your service to any veteran that you might know today. Um, we do obviously really appreciate their service so far. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. I think most of us have at least one grandparent or a great uncle yeah. or something that has been involved in, in some sort of conflict or signed up for some sort of branch of the military. So, yeah, thank you to everyone for what you do. I'm not brave enough nor tough enough to do any of that. I sit here <laughs> and I, I talk into a microphone and that's the extent of my bravery and what I do, I guess. And what, what they can do, what they're asked to do and learn to do is beyond anything that I could do for sure. So again, salute to, to all of you. Yeah, I had a, I had a cousin who uh, was stationed in, Af in Afghanistan um, and he learned a lot of the languages over there so he could try and like p decode codes like and just it, it's incredible. Like, you know, it's not just, you know, simple uh go over and and shoot people anymore right there's so many different parts of the military branches that that come into play so um appreciate everybody there we got daniel bridges in the chat here uh, specifically we appreciate him and uh, any veterans that support the show 
All right, uh, let's uh, let's dive into this Chargers Lions game uh, again. This is our final preparation. We usually spend the bulk of the the first part of our show on Saturday talking about an injury report. Uh, the Chargers don't have any injuries. Obviously, they have a good amount of uh, players on injury reserve, but not a single player is uh, on the injury report heading into Sunday, which I think is like the first time I've ever seen that. Um, at least there's always like one or two like questionable kind of kind of types today but i think the the big thing from an injury perspective uh this is week six of justin herbert's injury he's still practicing and playing with the splint on his finger um theoretically if it has healed properly this will be the last game that he has to wear his splint um but there's still been some times recently in the games where he's like very conscious of protecting his finger um like even on his scramble against the jets if you really like pay attention he like lifts his left hand like away from the ball and like tucks his arm under to like protect his finger a little bit. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of tend to think that the splint is going to be still around for a couple more weeks, but um, Tyler, how much are you buying this, the finger injury, like impacting Herbert's play in general? I just think that if you are trying to make split decisions and you are trying to you know make a read, take a hand off, run, whatever, there's just an aspect of I'm sure this pops up all the time where ow and pain receptors go off yeah. and that just for a half a whatever nanosecond just kind of changes your through line through the entire play or what you want to do or you know even just the way he has to fall and it seems like you know I don't know when Herbert can make this decision maybe it's all reactionary and kind of force a habit at this point but like you see when, when he goes down when he scrambles like he's he lands and his when he lands, he puts his hand up like this, and that middle finger is just like as far up as it can go to make sure <laughs> it stays off the ground, you know? Yeah. So I think we're going to finally start seeing it not be as much of an issue. It's tough to tell last week, and they're just beating the crap out of him. Yeah. But in a game like this, I think we'll kind of see where he's at. I thought against like the Bears, for example, it looked like we were back to, you know, pretty close. Like in the same way that time with the rib injury he started to see more and more of the better version of herbert even though it still affected him so i think in a game like this where the defensive line is not as good as the jets i think we'll start to see a bit more uh, less impact on him yeah i think like you mentioned just that split second of of hesitation is is coming into play i think specifically his ability as a runner is is not you know nearly as impacted as the rib injury where he like literally could not move (laughs) Um, but I think he is kind of like hesitant to run and like put his finger at risk at this point. Um, you know, he is still scrambling at a couple of times, you know, a game, but I I think, you know, when Herbert is healthy and at his best, like he's able to climb the pocket, he's able to get out and and extend plays. Um, you know, pocket movement is such a big strength for, for Herbert. And so that little kind of hesitation, I think does definitely, uh you know make a make an impact and i think whether or not it's an impact in terms of like accuracy down the field i i don't necessarily know how much it impacts there but i think just like the decision making definitely is impacted like you mentioned and uh hopefully it has healed well and hopefully we can get that split off his finger and and uh you know get him back to normal yeah i hope so um all right so i, I guess the talking point that that Kind of touching our group chat yesterday uh, with between the two of us and between the two Alexes and Arjun is just kind of the vibe around the offense right now. We spent a lot of time specifically about the offensive line. 
um, you know, heading into our, our Thursday show. Has anything kind of changed for you, Tyler, in, in how you how confident you feel about the offense? Because last week it was just kind of like survive, like get to get to 17 points if you can. And we felt good about their chances of, of winning that game. Um, obviously, that happened. But like I said, after the game, I felt like the process of how they got to those points was was a little frustrating. This week, the Lions game is a little bit different. I think they are going to have to score at least 23, I would say, like minimum to win this game. Um, what's your confidence level that the offense can kind of get back on track this week? Hmm. It, it does back on track mean the 23? Like kind of back to their season average or what they yeah. were before. Yeah. Okay. So um, right now their their average I think is like twenty three and a half. Yeah. Um. I, I think it's maybe get the success rate back a little bit more on track too. Specifically, yeah. if you're looking at like a, at a metric that I would like to see improved. Um. But yeah, those two things. Point the point total. How efficient can they be this week? I think are the two key points to look at for the Chargers offense this week. I have confidence in their ability to get back on track and score that many points if they lean into what should work. Look, I know not everything is what a dumb thing to say. Lean into what works. Good job, Tyler. What a suggestion. (laughs) But I mean, like, from a numbers perspective, I understand that not everything is perfect and one-to-one and different opponents have different advantages for different reasons, scheme, players, whatever. But I mean... Look at what Arjun pointed out, how the the Lions are so specifically bad against 12 personnel. It forces them. They match 12 personnel with base like 66% of the time, two-thirds of the time. I wonder wonder if that's actually a first and second down sort of thing. Um, Can you do that? Will you lean into that this week? Will you lean into Joshua Kelly this week? I think, what did you say? was He's fifth or seventh in explosive run rate? Fifth. Yeah, so fifth heading into this week in explosive run rate. Will you lean into Joshua Kelly? Will you will you lean into twelve personnel? Will you lean into Gerald Everett, Quentin Johnston? You know, like based on what I saw last week, and really everything other than the Bears week, I don't know. I don't know if they will. I really don't. I don't know for sure that a the line will hold up so that the offense can express itself, and b I don't know if Kellen Moore can switch it up entirely and lean into maybe not what he wanted to begin the season. But what's working right now and what specifically works against the opponent across from him? I think Ben Johnson will do that. I'm not 100% sold to Kellen Moore will. I mean, the Kellen Moore conversation, I think, is a little bit more layered than than what people are making it out to be on social media. You know, 12 personnel has been a strength of the team in terms of passing the football. (laughs) Um, We've all talked about, you know, the the running the football aspect of things, but when it comes to passing the football, you know, using Donald Parham and Gerald Everett to create some mismatches has been really working for this team. Uh, from a passing perspective, they're able to create shot plays to Keenan and Joshua Palmer, and, and not so much Quentin Johnson, obviously yet. Um, but that's that's kind of their their best look, I would say, in terms of like creating efficiency this week is leaning into the tight ends and trying to create mismatches against the Lions linebackers. Because if you think about it, like from just like a, a like football level, right? Like what is base packages for the Lions? It means that Brian Branch is not on the field. It means that you get three linebackers instead. And so just having that, that one little advantage, because I think Brian Branch is genuinely like their best secondary player at this point in time, Chauncey Garner Johnson would probably be that guy, uh, but he's not playing. He's injured. 
And so Brian Branch has been their their best player. And I think that's that's a key thing that you need to really focus in on is get some get a lot of 12 personnel out there and and try and use your tight ends as as much as possible. I think if you look at like the way that Donald Parham has been used in key moments, like against the Bears, where he's vertical and Jared Everett didn't play that game, but like you have a, a really good vertical tight end in Donald Parham. You have a great yak threat in Gerald Everett. Like use them. I think one of the reasons why I was so frustrated watching the offensive tape is just like there there weren't many like drive starters. Like there wasn't really a concerted effort to get drives going. It was almost like they were trying to go for the kill from the jump, so to speak. It was like, let's get into empty. Let's try and create some explosive plays. And and let's just, uh, let, let's see if we can end this game early. But it just, you didn't really need to do that. Like, I think you just get some efficient drives going, use the tight ends. And I, I hope that change is made this week because I think if you live in empty again this week, I think you're going to have a, a similar result. I don't think, Herbert will be pressured on 60% of his dropbacks because I don't think the Lions off defensive line is, is the Jets, obviously. Um, but I think it, I think living in empty as much as they have been, I think is is not really how you want to live with this kind of team. No. Uh, don't invite more of their DBs onto the field. I know it's a little different without Chauncey Gardner Johnson, but like get another linebacker on the field, you know, force them to do that, to match you in that way and try to win that way. I don't know. I think this is kind of the turning point, pivot point, I think, for a lot of maybe even the season. Uh, yeah. My expectations for Quentin Johnston, for Kellen Moore, like if they don't find a way to get Quentin Johnston involved, like Sauce Gardner, let's say he's Daryl Rivas, right? How many yards do you think Quentin Johnston was going to have against Daryl Rivas? 10, you know, on, on one throw maybe. So I, I get it why last week, and apparently he was a, I don't know if you saw something different on, on tape, but you know, Aikman kept pointing out that he was the focus for Johnson or he for, was. Uh, for he Gardner was. on third down. Um, if you can't get him to the 30 yards that he's at on price picks projected right now, I, I think the season's kind of a, over in terms of any expectations for him. He's a contributor by route run. And, and no production, and, and that's really it. Like I really do think that this is kind of the turn point for me, the pivot point where I I close the book on any expectations this season for the first-round pick if he doesn't get going. Yeah. I don't know. So from the from the Jets' perspective, uh, you know, we talked about this. They, they had traditionally not had their cornerbacks shadow all that much. Um, they did have Sauce Gardner shadow Quentin Johnson, and I think it was – like, hey, we have this, you know, he's their only other wide receiver besides Keenan. Like, let's make sure that he's not doing anything. So Sauce shattered him. I, I don't want to say like 100% of the time, but it was it was a lot. It was it was pretty frequently. And then they would double Keenan. Like, it was – the Jets had a great game plan, and then they obviously have the guys to, to go out and do that. So, uh, again, not surprised at all that, that Quentin struggled in that game. It, it's so funny. Like, on Tuesday morning when all the national shows started, like, you know, cooking Justin Herbert a little bit, which was ridiculous. A lot of the Chargers fans are like, wow, they have Sauce Gardner. Like, Sauce Gardner would, like, shut down the receivers. Like, they had all this pass rush. Like, come on, that like, context. And then when people see the, the clips of Sauce Gardner shutting down Quentin Johnson, like, Quentin Johnson is a bum. He should have done this and that. I'm like, you you just said how amazing Sauce Gardner was yesterday. <laughs> and now today, Sauce Gardner is not very good. I don't know. It's just It was an interesting turn there. 
Um, but yeah, in terms of Quentin, man, like they they have to make it's the same kind of thing for me. Like he's open on some slants, he's open on some comebacks, but like you're not using the guy that you hyped up as this amazing yards after the catch guy, which backs up on what his college tape and and uh numbers said. You're not using him like that. You're not using Gerald Everett like that. Like, yeah, I don't understand why they are not leaning into these yards after catch guys to get drive started. I think that's that's been my biggest frustration uh, since way back in in the week two of the preseason. You know, just not being able to get this offense into a rhythm when the usual core staples are not working, and using Quentin Johnson on some crossers, on some slants, using the, Gerald Everett on some crossers, some slants, screens, whatever can help get your drives going and get you into a rhythm. So, you know, the Chargers are top five in EPA per play because they are so explosive on offense right now because they score a lot of touchdowns right now and particularly in the red zone. But their success rate is middle of the pack because they are not able to get these drives going consistently. And using Quentin Johnson, Gerald Everett, Dolan Parham, I think is is really a way to do that. Yeah, it's a strange flip where we're, we we got more of the explosiveness, but it still feels like, they don't give themselves opportunities for any like plus options, any yak options, any anything that gives them five more over expected or something. It really just feels like, okay, we'll we'll push it, we'll try to get it all back, and you know it'll either work or it doesn't. But there's really nothing after that, and it's almost like the reverse of Lombardi, where they would work short and efficient, but there would be nothing after yeah. that for them. There's just like nothing yeah. after either scheme. There's nothing else there for them. It's just okay, we're either getting zero or twenty. You know, or we're getting 20 and that's it. We're getting tackled right there and that's the end of it. Or we're Joe Lombardi. We're doing, you know, seven yard hitches. And we're going to get seven, but we're only getting seven. You know, there's nothing it seems. And it's just so strange with Gerald Everett. I mean, the Chargers just posted the highlight clip of him yeah. <laughs> after the catch. And it's like, yeah, maybe you should show that to your coordinator. You know, Everett does not need 10 targets a game. But I mean, when was the last time you saw him go down immediately after contact and it wasn't in the red zone? I mean, the dude will give you a special play per game. Feed into that. You know, I think I think Quentin Johnson can do that. Feed into that, you know. And then, you know, take your shots, of course. Keep the defense honest. Keep stretching the field. Fine. But I just need to see a good mix of the two things. I don't know. It's just a, it's a surprise to see. So I'm going to assume that the first half was pretty solid, at least the first quarter. Good opening drive. And then we'll see what happens in the third and fourth quarter when they are no longer able to do what they'd like to do, and maybe the defense adjusts. Do they have anything else in the wheelhouse, or are they just kind of stuck? Like, oops, and now they're trying to, you know, Ben Johnson's going to be efficient. They'll, they'll run, they'll pass horizontally, shallow crossers, bit of trickery, you name it. Like, Johnson knows how to start a drive. Yeah. And, you know, I saw a couple against the, the Raiders where they made some mistakes, you know, fumbles, uh, miscues, poor block, et cetera. But, like, he generally knows how to jumpstart a drive. And so, well, let's see if the Chargers can do that. You know, EJ Snyder, I was listening to their preview, and he said, you know, the Chargers don't have an identity on offense. That still holds true. Um, I feel like as a team, they don't really, although I feel like the defensive line is at least their identity. But I don't know. I, I got to see something. We'll see. This is a big inflection point for the season. Yeah. Um, regarding Gerald Everett, he uh, is first among all tight ends in missed tackles forced. Uh, and he's like completely lapping the field. He has forced 12 missed tackles and the next closest is six. So he's like, that guy should get more touches, man. Like it really is that simple. Like 
I don't think you have to feed him like Kelsey touches, but like there's no reason that Gerald Everett should be getting less than four or five targets a game, like at minimum. So um, we'll see what happens. I think, you know, if, if you're really evaluating Kel Moore, I think he's had some great game plans and I think he's had some subpar game plans. And I think that's the strength of his is like being able to adapt different things against different opponents. Last week was not a great game plan, but I think we've seen some other instances like the Vikings and, and obviously the Dolphins and, um, I think the Bears was was a really solid game plan. If this week is a good game plan, I think the Charge offense can get back on track. But you've got to lean into these things that are the, your strengths, and you've got to be able to isolate some mismatches against this Lions defense because you know they're going to make you grind it out. And if you are not leaning into what you can expose from them, like it's going to be a long day for you from just like an efficiency grinding it out standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chargers fans, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day experience this Sunday. We all know how well football and pizza go together. It's just like Keenan and Allen, Justin Herbert on game day. Make sure you order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. My personal favorite is the pepperoni and green pepper combination with the dynamite crazy red with the dipping sauce it's my favorite game day experience to go to for food on sunday afternoons speaking of winning everyone scores with convenient delivery or in-store pizza porta pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during game day bolt up all right you guys uh we're gonna get to our prize picks of the week here and then we'll get to our league picks and then uh as always we'll take some uh questions here from the chat so i saw that uh miss mama shun already has given us a super chat of the day we appreciate her as always uh she's been hitting prize picks left and right so we have decided to share her picks uh in the discord (laughs) so uh if you want to follow mama shun's example i guess you can uh, get in the discord and uh follow there but uh, Tyler, what are your Chargers-specific prize picks of the week? 
Yeah, so I had some and looked at some earlier this week. So things have changed. I kind of had to like rework. Um, I, I got to keep hoping for it. Joshua Kelly's at 18 and a half rushing yards. Come on, guys. Like, <laughs> that's such a low can, bar. That's such a low bar. You have that's to like two runs for him. He had 16 last week on three, right? So give him a fourth one, man. Uh, I think he's a player who can get it back in, in four runs, no problem. 18 and a half is a pretty low bar. Uh, the Lions have a good defense, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend like this is a 100-yard day. He just has six carries. I think he's going to get you the eight. I mean, he averages three after contact right now. You give yeah. him six carries, I think he's going to give you 18 and a half. So I would consider them more there. If you want to be spicy, he also has two and a half receiving yards is his more or less. Mm-hmm. That's one dump off on a two-minute drill, and there might not even be another back active, so who knows. Um, so that one's not bad. The Herbert one is tough for me. He's at 264 and a half passing yards. And I feel like it can go either way. This feels like, well, one, maybe the Lions are just obliterate the Chargers defense and Herbert has to throw. And it's kind of just big raw yardage totals, but not necessarily like efficient. You know, if they got to throw it, they got to try to catch up. So that could happen. So if you're asking me, I'd say maybe more on that one. Um, and then the difference, I mean, chat, you tell me if this is sad or not. Quentin Johnston's more or less is set at 30 and a half receiving yards. I do think this is the game where you could reach more, whereas last week it felt like less, although I didn't expect him to have um, as few opportunities as he did. Um, but Jalen Guyton is a set at 25 and a half receiving yards. So Jalen Guyton literally just came back and he's projected for just five fewer uh, receiving yards on price picks. So I would say Johnston over Guyton is a bit dicey because he already had two targets last week and he can get it all back on one play. I would still say less though. I think if we're believing that this team lives in 12 personnel this week, go for the Titans and their moors. Um, Johnston maybe more because it's so low. Kelly rushing more. That's it. I think that's fair. I, I think the easiest, safest bet for me this week is Austin Eckler's touchdown uh, line. <laughs> Anytime, so, yeah. Yeah, so basically he has pass rush receiving touchdown line at point five. Uh, so that, to me, is, is kind of an, a no-brainer. The Chargers, for everything that we have said about their offense, they are the second best team at red zone touchdown percentage in the league right now. Austin Eckler is a huge part of that. They love feeding him in the red zone. He just obviously has a, a nose for the end zone. Um, so that to me is that to me is a no brainer. If you want to get your uh, grouping set first by by a pick, I think that's the one I would choose. Um, you know, Gerald Everett is is tempting at twenty two point five or excuse me twenty five point five. You know, that's a couple big plays from Everett could get you that. Um, so that's, those are the two that I was really focusing in on this week. It does feel like an Everett game. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge game, but, um, you know, Kelmore's a smart guy for everything that we were just talking about. They, they the Chargers have a, a really smart analytical staff. Like the, they'll know what the, the, the lions are, are bad at. So I do trust them to get Everett at least more than 25 and a half yards this week mm-hmm. from a lion's perspective. Let's see. They have their blocking. They have a line for their blocking tight end. <laughs> okay. That's an interesting one. 
Um, I'm going to, from a Lions perspective, Jameer Gibbs, his receiving line is 18.5. That to me is probably a more. Um, the Chargers do allow a good amount of checkdowns to running backs. Um, they're not great at screens, defending screens. That's like their biggest weakness right now. So Jameer Gibbs over, or excuse me, Jameer Gibbs more than 18.5 yards is, is a good bet for me. Yeah, the one that's been pretty consistent, I believe it's hit more almost every time I've looked or my mom's <laughs> selected it, has been pass completions against the Chargers. Uh, they still have a difficult time. Not I mean, Dump-offs are there, of course. We'll see how they play the receivers this week, but there's, there's so many receivers for yeah. the Lions. So outside of Jared Goff just not having to throw much, which is maybe possible with both their running backs back, uh, mm-hmm. Jared Goff's completions is at 23 and a half pass completions. I could easily see that going more just dump offs, tight end, yeah. everyone against Jaw Taylor, the corners playing way off, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I'd go with that one. If you want to have a lot of fun, go look at the, uh, the uh, Raiders and the Jets and just take the unders or the lesses on all of them. <laughs> I mean, or, or more if they're punters, you know, both yeah. the punters for that team. Um, are at four and a half punts. Uh, having watched both teams, the Raiders certainly more this year, and having watched the Jets last week, take the moors on the punts, man. Like they're going to punt five <laughs> times this game. If they don't, then I don't know what happened to the. If the Raiders go and tear up the Jets' defense, I've got nothing for you. So for my money, if I were to make any sort of pick, I would take the 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 Raiders less in pretty much everything except punts yeah i would say uh that's gonna be a low scoring game because uh, i saw that colton miller is doubtful to play uh against Oof. the jets so uh bryce huff jermaine johnson and those guys just made rashawn slater look pretty average <laughs> you know against the backup tackle from the raiders yeah. mm-hmm. that's gonna be a tough one so uh jets pass rush i think you can go take some moors there as well uh whatever that line is at um, okay, so if you want to go use prize picks, uh, this does really help support the show as well. You can go to prizepicks.com slash guilty and use the code guilty at checkout for a deposit match uh, up to $100 on your first deposit. Um, we've loved using prize picks. It is a daily fantasy app. It is not a betting site. So just to clear that part up of it. Um, so check if you can use prize picks. I know it is limited to certain states, but uh if it is available to you, it's a great site, super user-friendly, very easy. You just pick more or less that we just talked about, um, and you can pick from any different games. They sometimes have different crossover specials. Obviously, they have NBA stuff, college football is today. Uh, really anything you could desire, they they have a lot of unique opportunities for you to uh, make some money. And uh, like I said, it does genuinely support the show. So please go check them out, pricepicks.com slash guilty. Code guilty for a deposit match up to $100. All right, let's get to our uh, weekly NFL picks here. We do this every single week. Uh, we love doing it. As uh, if you're new to this, uh, we didn't get Alex Katzen's pick in time. That's too bad. Um, <laughs> I think I saw that. I, I, I don't know what his Chargers pick is, but uh, to be fair, I think Alex is at the University of Washington game today. They are playing Utah. Uh, so I think he's a little bit busy today, but, um, the, the, uh, the winner of our picks competition gets a Jersey of choice from the other, uh, the, the rest of the losers so far, Alex Insdorf is in the lead at 24 and 15 
Tyler and Arjun have just been going neck and neck each week. They go two and two or three and one. There, there's zero separation there. So uh, we'll see what happens. They're both 22 and 17. I am 20 and 19. And then Alex Katzen is uh, bringing up the rear 17 to 22. Um, you can see the picks here online uh, on the screen. I don't feel like going over all of them today. So <laughs> I'll just say that Arjun has the Lions winning 27 to 20 this week. Alex Insdorf also has the Lions winning 32-27. Uh, Tyler, where are you at with your score prediction for the Chargers and Lions game? Hmm. It's so I'm going to pick the Chargers to lose, unfortunately, which stinks because I'll be there and you'll be there. And I'll be going there and it'll be fun for a bit. I, I just think the way the Chargers offense looks right, right now, I do believe that they can score better and look better than they did last week. That should be a given. I, I, I need to see this defense actually do it versus a team. That's not the bears. That's not the jets. And then like in the same way, I kind of felt last year watching them beat up Nick Foles and the Colts, Baker Mayfield and the Rams. I said, Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's pause for just a moment here and see them beat up a really, really good offense here. Now they did against the dolphins a few weeks prior. It just felt like fool's gold. And it still kind of feels like that to me, although I believe in these edge rushers and this defensive front uh, more than I have in quite some time. But the Lions had the advantage at receiver, offensive line, tight end, running back, scheme, continuity, coordinator. I think that the Chargers have the defensive line advantage. I think linebackers kind of a wash. They have the edge in the secondary. They have the edge at head coach. I just think it's a tough one. Thankfully, the Chargers are playing at home, so I could, I could see them winning this. But I'm going to have the Chargers losing. I'm going to have them losing 24 to 23. Ooh, so, so you say all that, but you're only predicting a one-point loss. Yeah, I think the Chargers can – I think the defense is better than we saw against the Chiefs, and I think the, the offense is better than we saw against the Jets. I just think the Lions will figure out a way to close out this game. And I don't know about the Chargers. I just I don't I don't believe in them at this point when there's so many advantages for the Lions and the offensive line looks terrible for the Chargers right now. Yeah, I I, I can understand that. It seems like the three of you guys all have similar thoughts. I don't know how Alex Katzen feels. Uh, you know, I read his his article for Alex Katzen does these articles each week from like an optimistic side of things and a pessimistic side of things, kind of you know bouncing out. Um, so I, I don't know how he feels, but um, me personally, like I think this game really comes down to you know how does the offense get back on track because you know this I think there could be some sneaky shootout potential here, but for the most part, I trust the Chargers defense to you know, handle what the Lions do well from a rushing standpoint. I really do. I think this Chargers run defense is legitimately good. It's been good all season long. It's been the one thing that we can like hang our hat on each week. And so the pass defense, I think, sure, could have some fool's gold a little bit. But I don't I don't know if the Lions offense really has enough to, you know, come up with these kind of points. You know, Arjun predicting 27, Alex predicting 30. I don't know if the Lions offense has enough to score that many points if the Chargers can stop the run, which I feel like they will be able to do. 
So I think this could be a a lowest lower scoring game. You know, I think that could play into the hands of the Chargers here. Um, special teams is definitely an edge for the Chargers. You know, we've seen obviously Darius Davis, Cameron Dicker have some huge moments. Deion Henley is becoming a great special teams player. Tanner Muse has been awesome on special teams. Dean Leonard's a great gunner. So the Chargers have an edge on special teams. I think they can handle what the Lions do well up front on defense. It really is like, how much do I trust Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore to lean into what has been working more effectively and what they are most effective at, the Lions are struggling with. And that's obviously the tight end usage. It's obviously the run game and whether or not so that that's kind of my recipe right is stop the run use the tight ends use the running game and you should be able to win this game so i actually feel pretty optimistic about this team i i am a believer in in momentum i am a believer in vibes and like the energy of the team really carrying over and things with this team have just really flipped on its head everything is so positive Joey Bosa is talking about these rookies like they're the best rookies he's ever dealt with. Um, you know, in his NFL career, this team is talking about like, you know, hanging out more in New York. Like, like everything is so positive right now from, from a Chargers perspective. And I think that does matter. I think it does, you know, carry over each week into practice, into games and things like that. So from a vibes perspective, from a strengths perspective, I do think the Chargers are set up well this week. And I am going to pick them to win. Uh, so I'm pr- I probably will be the only one to pick them to win. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but I'm going to have them winning, uh, 26 to, oh, hello. Oops. I had a mistake on the sheet. Yeah. I'm going to have them winning 26 to 23. Yeah. I, I think that's about right. I, I agree that, you know, tw- I don't know, 27, I guess is doable against this defense. Um, I guess it was really more of the secondary for me. So Arjun pointed out that the, the the Lions struggle mightily on offense the most when, or at least, sorry, Jared Goff struggles the most when the save there's two safeties, right? They're playing too high, so that takes Derwin and puts him way back there, which I know no one likes to watch on film, but he, he looked pretty good. Like yeah, against the Jets, he had he played yeah. everything in front of him well. Yeah. My question then is, okay, so you have Gilman and James back there. Great. Make things difficult for Jared Goff, probably. But then that probably leaves Jaw Taylor by himself. And I just think the cycle of guys you can throw at Jaw Taylor is just a lot for him right now. And then those, sure. those corners too. So, yeah, I hope they win, man. I'll, I'll be there. Uh, I, I'm leaving SoFi, heading upstairs, walking up the stairs after a win is so much better. um i just i gotta see it versus a good team i gotta see i gotta it's weird i gotta see the win versus this team to pick them to win this team you know i I gotta see (laughs) something you know if they had beaten one of the cowboys or chiefs i'm picking a win you know you split those games no problem i'm picking a win but it's just an aspect right now where the coaching or better team matters lions are also coming off a bye week which i'm sure will help them and I feel like unless Joey goes up against a guard a lot, this is kind of a we're not going to see Joey Bosa sort of game. You know, if you believe in Panay, sorry, like I, I think Joey Bosa, unless he lets up against Decker more, um, I don't think we'll see him much this game. And when the Joey's not going, the defense looks worse significantly. So we'll see, man. 
No, that's fair. Uh, you talk about driving up uh, or walking up the stairs, feeling better. I I am doing a drive down and back in the same day kind of game. So, <laughs> um, driving back after a win would be much more fun. Uh, you know, I, I've told this story before, but Brooke and I went down to the Jaguars home game last year because uh, we oh, had bought geez. tickets leading up to the game, <laughs> and then uh, Chargers got everybody was injured that game. It was just a, a hot mess, and then uh, on our way home, we got. We also got a speeding ticket. So, uh, you know, salt in the wound for sure that day. Uh, I would love to see a win tomorrow. Um, we will be there. Um, so please, if you see us, come say hello. Uh, definitely we'll, we'll chat with you guys. I don't think I'll have the time to get down to Thunder Alley. But if you see me in the stadium, uh, please come say hello. We, we always uh, appreciate that part of part of game day. So uh, I'll be in section 308, I believe. So, you know, come say hello to me for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to some of these questions. If you guys have any, feel free to uh, let us know. Uh, Super Chat's always appreciated during these Q&As. Um, Joey is a much better player than Sewell. I love Joey Bosa. That is not even remotely close to true. He's at least not a much better player. If you want, if you want to say Joey Peak. Sewell Peak are pretty close, fine, but he ain't much better. Sewell, Sewell is your new Lane Johnson, and he's 21. Yeah. So you're going to watch him for the next 12 years, just be yeah. Lane Johnson. Yeah. Panay Sewell right now is the best right tackle in the league. Like Lane has taken a bit of a step back. Mm -hmm. Tristan Wirfs moved to the left side. So Panay Sewell is very clearly like the best right tackle in the league. He's allowing basically like one pressure every 90 snaps right now. So. Uh, and he's arguably the best run blocking tackle period as well. So mm -hmm. you know. it'll be a heck of a matchup, dude. And yeah. if, if if Joey if Joey has his way versus Penesul, man, dude. Joey good. Joey has moved around a lot more. I I think that's like honestly my favorite thing about Thule yeah. and the way that Thule has played is it 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 creates more uh opportunity for them to to move around. Like previously, you know, we would see Joey go on the inside every now and then. Um, you know, I remember like against the Chiefs in 2021, they were able to to move him inside a couple plays. But it, it's just it's so difficult to move your edge rushers inside if you don't have another guy who can create pressure. Like putting Joey inside and having Chris Rumpf opposite of him, like that doesn't do anything. Like no no disrespect intended. Um but like you have to have a guy who is capable of winning that game one on one, and so you know having Thule just creates such a a chance for mismatches. That's why I am a little bit more optimistic about like the pass rush because the Lions' offensive tackles are are really good. I think Taylor Decker is like fine. So Khalil Mack, I, I looked this up. Khalil Mack against Taylor Decker basically has averaged like four pressures and a QB hit every time that they played. Mm -hmm. um, so Khalil, I think, could have a good day, but. You know, they're allowed that like they'll be able to put Joey inside Thule inside and uh, create some mismatch. Uh, Lando's doubling down. He says Joey two sacks versus Penesul. Penesul hasn't allowed two sacks in like the last 30 games. So that would be a real shock. Especially like just Joey specifically. Yeah. You'd be better off with like maybe the team has two sacks versus Penesul. Yeah. Um, if Joey has two sacks versus Penesul. I will. I don't know. What should I do? <laughs> That's Ordered, a bold prediction, though. I appreciate it. 
I will order a Chinese Peking duck or something, roasted duck, and I will eat it on the show. Uh, Do you not like duck or something? Oh, I love duck. So it's a, it's a win for me. That's. But, uh, <laughs> I thought you were trying to like make up a punishment for yourself or something. No, I'll just eat it on the show. You just happy. get to eat good food for Joey Playwell. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I set my own bets. Your your fault for taking the pie one, and I, I'm gonna eat duck. <laughs> Well, if I knew if I knew that was an option, my goodness, I would have had some better better pie. I guess, my gosh, I, I don't know what to do with a duck. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. People who'd already thought of what I was thinking. Um, you let me know, Lando. You let me know. No, I can't shave my head. I work with kids, and they're going to roast me alive and make me quit yeah, my middle job. School kids, yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to be fun. Kill me. So can't do that. Um. But yeah, I think Thule on the inside, Joey on the inside should be uh, the way that you probably want to go about this one. Morgan Fox could potentially have a big game. So, um, you know, that's that's probably where you want to lean. I don't, I don't think the outside versus the tackles is going to be very productive this week. For what it's worth, Dan Campbell basically said, like, we're not worried. Like, we have Taylor Decker and Penesul. Like, we're not worried about the edge rushers uh, in his pregame stuff. So He said that? He did, yes. Never mind. Take the over. <laughs> 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 well it's super cool though because dan campbell uh you know every single week with like their version of Haley elwood does like a film breakdown of like the other team and uh wow. you know he talked about like he did a little couple plays on herbert he did a couple plays on the edge rushers but then yeah he was like yeah you see this guy against joey that's not panay sewell you see this guy against glumek that's not taylor decker we're not worried <laughs> wow i'm I, the Panay Sewell part, absolutely. There's literally no one I've ever seen really who's like Panay Sewell when he came out of college. Um, interesting. Yeah. Now that I mention this, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the last time Panay actually allowed a sack. <laughs> um, who was the? It's been, it's been a hot minute. I can tell you that. I'm honestly surprised the Ravens only quote unquote only had 27 pressures against. Detroit. It just felt like they had an avalanche. Maybe that was them versus Seattle. Panay okay. was like okay. His his like solid was rookie year, but that was so much flip flopping. Yeah, his rookie season he was he was on both sides. He was I mean he his pass blocking efficiency rating was still ninety six point seven. He only allowed thirty five pressures that year, but he's he's really really ascended this year. So last season. Uh, his pass blocking efficiency rating was 97.6. This year's 99.2. Uh, mm. Five pressures on the season, zero sacks. Uh, so the last time Panay allowed a sack was week 10 of 2022. So he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 13, 14, 15 games since the last time he allowed a sack. So there you go. And go figure that was against last year's Bears team. And <laughs> of course. So tonight's pretty good. Pretty good. It says no, this can't be right. So I was looking at that week 10 game last year, and the only person to register a sack for the Bears was Jack Sanborn, their middle linebacker. <laughs> okay. Is that who beat Panay? <laughs> must have been like a blitz or something then. <laughs> All right, Kenneth Murray. If anyone's going to beat Panay, it's <laughs> you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ET44A, Slater or Sewell. I, 
right now, objectively speaking, you have to say Sewell. Like I, I yeah. think before the season, that would have been probably I would have easily said Rashawn, but Rashawn has been injured and that's been playing a factor. But I think he's healthy now. I think he just got beat last week on sometimes, you know, there were some stunts as well, but I mean, Panay is not getting beat like hardly ever right now. So, I, and he's, I think, a much better run blocker. So, I think, objectively speaking, you have to say Panay. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Owen Timmins, if Alohi keeps playing as he is, do you see him making the Pro Bowl this year? I don't think that's possible for him given the injuries and the, the games that he missed. He would have to like really keep forcing turnovers, which would be big. Um, the team would have to be good because remember pro bowl is voting so things need to happen you got to be beloved by the fans you got to yeah. win and you got to also like be better than some of the other safeties i don't even know if the fan base would vote him over derwin which i know sounds odd because people are kind of against derwin this year and want him out i just think that like there's just a natural tendency to, like oh get derwin gets the votes so um no but i don't think he needs to either like this isn't it will not be it will not change how he's been playing. It's he's been fantastic. Yeah, he's been awesome. Um Pro Bowl is probably out of reach. Like there are some safeties that are are really like making a strong impact. And like I just I don't think Alohi's enough of a household name. Like even like you have to get some like support from non Chargers fans too. And non-Chargers fans are going to look at, oh, like Derwin or Alohi. Like, obviously, they're going to choose Derwin. Like, you know, so it, it's just you have to be a little bit more of a household name. And, you know, maybe this season can can get in there. Um, but he's been awesome. Very deserving of a second contract with the Chargers, I think. Hopefully, they're able to make that work next year. We'll see what happens. But um, he's he's like kind of the 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 engine of the Chargers defense, honestly, in terms of the secondary, at least. But, you know, he's just creates turnovers left and right he's just so steady back there um brandon staley talked about him for like 10 minutes on wednesday and had just like truly like great stuff like brandon staley for whatever you you think of him when he get when when he is asked to talk like about specific stuff like he's really good at the podium and he talked mm -hmm. about alohi for like 10 minutes on on wednesday and just like raved about him gave a great answer about what makes Alohi so important to their defense. And I think, you know, he's having an outstanding season and not making the Pro Bowl. I, I think it, it doesn't mean he's not having a great season, but Pro Bowl is probably a little bit too lofty at this point. Yeah, he should wax poetic about Alohi. That's kind of the crown jewel of their development so far, a player that's completely written off that yeah. admittedly they even tried to replace, who is now, I mean, can you imagine a, the safety room without him? Can you imagine him not on the team next year? Um, Lando asked, "Do the Chargers bring back Gilman and Murray, or is it Henley and Woods as next man up?" I think Murray is someone you got to wait the entire season to see. I yeah. think you have to bring back Alohi Gilman. I don't think the price will be so significant, and I don't want to see the alternative right now, uh, unless Alohi gets hurt. I I think he's worth bringing back absolutely. Yeah, I think linebacker wise, it's a bit more difficult for me to justify bringing back Kenneth Murray on a second contract. You just drafted Dayon Henley. It's much easier to replace. Like eventually, I do want the linebacker position to be like settled, but I I don't think it makes financial sense to have Kenneth Murray on a second contract and have another year of Eric Kendricks. Like I think you probably have to choose one or the other from like financial standpoint. Um, and some of that also depends on like 
who is calling plays, who is running the front office decisions. Like we don't know. And Alohi, I think is just objectively like so much more important than Kenneth Murray. I think he's more of a leadership presence. I think he's more of a productive presence as well. So Kenneth Murray's playing well, and it's been a great story to see him take on this new role as, as linebacker one, which is kind of crazy to, to think about, but he's calling plays on defense. He's defending the run incredibly well. Um, but right now, I think if you choose between the two, you absolutely are taking a low Gilman, no questions asked, in my opinion. I think the question would be more of a contract sort of switch out sort of thing yeah. where you at Kendricks is actually the one who could be on his way out. You take Murray sure. for what he is kind of that get that's his contract now. And then Henley makes up for your deficits and coverage uh, yeah. overall. I think that's kind of how they would play it. I think there is a world where the chargers want to run back their uh, most of their key pieces like the way that the edge rushers are playing i would not be surprised if they want to keep khalil and joey next year mm -hmm. um so the way to do that is cut guys like eric kendrick sebastian joseph day situations like that can can maybe make that more of a possibility so again we'll see what happens when we get there um earlier super chat from randy he wants to know if the chargers can match the the lions physicality and grit i think that is a a fair question. Obviously, that's the staple of the Dan Campbell regime right now. What do you make of uh, this question, Tyler? If they can lean into it, uh, I don't know that the offense is in a position to be able to lean into that if you don't give the touches to Joshua Kelly, yeah. if you don't let Gerald Everett work and be physical after the catch, if you don't let Donald Parham be the physical force that he is, then no, not necessarily. Uh, I think the defensive line, absolutely. I think the edge yeah. rushers, absolutely. You know, I'm not saying Joey's going to win all the time against Panay. But I think like the rotation of edge rushers versus these offensive linemen, yeah, I think they can match the physicality for sure. Yeah, for everything that we feel about this Lions offense, they, I think they have not gone up against a trio of edge rushers like this. Um, they've certainly gone against better individual players like Max Crosby, for example. Um, but the combination of, of the three I think it could present the Lions some challenges, but we'll see what happens. I absolutely trust the line, the Chargers defensive line to match physicality this week. I think that's been something that Khalil and Thule and Joey in particular have really kind of spearheaded this week or this season. And uh, I think that the Chargers defensive line will show up for sure. Um, original uh, said, thanks guys. He was the one asking about prize picks. So uh, appreciate that. Uh, hope you win some uh, money this week. Uh, Sebastian Oriana, with the team needs, do you guys think the Chargers were better off drafting a good tight end rather than QJ? I think this is an interesting question. A lot of people, you know, obviously at the halfway point are talking about like, what if from the last season? I, I think like it's too early to write off Quentin Johnson, obviously, but we all said like the first three picks last year should have been a wide receiver, tight end, edge rusher in some kind of combination. To me, it wasn't necessarily a must-take tight end in the first round. But at some point, they needed to take a tight end, and they didn't. And now the position is is where it's at. Like, I think, like we just talked about, from a, from a receiving standpoint, they've been fine. But imagine what they would be doing right now with, like, Darnell Washington in the third round or, or somebody like that, you know, who could be contributing at that position as a rookie. Next year, you have just more of a, you know, stability at the position. So 
I mean, would I love Dalton Kincaid or Sam LaPorta right now on this team? Hell yeah, I would. Um, but I think it's it's too early to say that Quentin Johnson is is not a fit or whatever. It's too early to write him off. The issue was always not taking a tight end at all in that draft. And uh, next year's tight end draft class is apparently not very good past Brock Bowers. So that's fun. <laughs> and you only can you the Chargers not trading up for a tight end next year. I don't think they'll be bad enough to get to that spot either way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The thing with with Quentin, the the discussion for me and my hang up hasn't really even just been like Quentin Johnson versus Zay versus Jordan Addison versus JSN. If you were there, it was really just. You know, to me, it really should have been you probably take somebody else that's not a receiver. If you felt that your trio of receivers was so good and you're going to lean into them, and frankly, given what we had seen from Josh Palmer and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, if they were healthy, I mean, oh my goodness, the tight end would be the perfect thing to add to this. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't make sense given it's what we talked about before the draft. Like, why would you invest in a first round receiver? But if you believe in Josh Palmer that much and you still have Keenan and Mike, why not wait till next year to replace them with a wide receiver in what's apparently a good class, a much better class, it seems. Yeah. Why not just take a tight end like a Dalton Kincaid or and then take like a, a guy in the third round? You know, you look at the list. Yes, Zay Flowers of the rookie receivers is the best of the rookie receivers. But you look at there's I, w- I would say Addison other... has been the best one of the rookie. Oh, sorry. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right um yeah flowers have been quiet last couple of games um but there's like 10 other receivers who have 200 yards this season or that are rookies that were taken day two day three like that was more the debate for me not as much like which receiver do you take in round one it's why take one at all when you're not going to feature them and then they did take them so i'm like oh maybe they do have a plan to replace josh palmer and Josh Palmer is going to be wide receiver four. And then that was never even close to the case yeah. through training camp. And Josh Palmer earned the right to be out there. So maybe they didn't foresee that officially. But that was more of it for me. And so the long way of answering your question now, currently, yes, the Chargers would have been better off drafting Dalton Kincaid in the first round over Quentin Johnson. Because that, to me, is a very easy path to being used versus, you know, Addison's wide receiver four on this team to start the year. Zay Flowers is a wide receiver four on this team to start the year, you know, and I don't know how much they would have been used after that when guys got hurt, but they they clearly just don't have any means or aims to use Quentin Johnson in a high volume role right now. Maybe that changes Sunday. Yeah, hopefully it changes going forward because it's not like they have other options uh, at the position anymore. So yeah, our our thing, our stance going into the draft was first two rounds should have been tight end and a pass rusher. Then you take a receiver at some point. Other than that, I mean, like Trey Palmer has been kind of what you maybe expected Quentin kind of floor would be, yeah. you know, just like big mm-hmm. play receiver, deep ball kind of guy. Um, you know, Dontamian Wicks, Jaden Reed for the Packers are both having good rookie seasons. Like mm-hmm. the rookie, the receiver class was not like loaded at, with talent at the top. I mean, if it were, then we wouldn't have seen the first one go at pick number 20, but the mm-hmm. depth was, was really solid. And the depth is going to be solid in basically every receiver class, because there's going to be 20 guys in every single class that are like worthy of being drafted. Mm-hmm. So I just, 
my my kind of like regret so to speak is that they didn't take a tight end at all in the best tight end yeah. class ever like objectively speaking that went like 10 deep in terms of guys that could have made an impact even if they had just managed to take like tucker craft in the third round i would have been happy you mm -hmm. know darnell washington would have been great you know but it is what it is yeah no. <laughs> uh diehard sports network he says kyle whittingham for next chargers coach Kyle Whittingham is never going to leave Utah. I keep on getting this question. Uh, I love Kyle Whittingham very much. Obviously, he's been recruited by several other universities. Even USC tried to poach him a while back. Uh, he has never left Utah, obviously, and he will never leave Utah. And he would never, ever, 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 ever coach in the NFL. He is very much a college football coach. And honestly, why when you find a spot in college, and you you're just rocking, you're crushing it, and you're beloved, and you are great at what you do. Yeah. Why leave, dude? It's not like you're not getting paid. You know, I'm sure he has a very nice contract. Uh, probably not the Saban level, but I'm sure it's a pretty good one. It's very and close to Saban level, actually. Is it really? Yes. Well, good for him. But uh Utah money, I guess. I didn't realize they were so uh <laughs> well sponsored. I don't know. Uh, they just they know what they have in him. Uh, you know, Utah has its limitations in terms of like recruiting and NIL money and stuff like that. But uh, they love Kyle. Kyle loves them. And uh, he, he basically has been on a lifetime contract. He's he's also kind of flirted with retirement a little bit mm. over the last couple of seasons. You know, he he said on even on the Pat McAfee show that he's kind of on like a year to year thing. Um but so we'll really see what wow there. Huh. he's 65 he's he's older he has 11 grandkids right now like you know 11 oh never what am i talking about it's university of utah uh, <laughs> hey man <laughs> <laughs> oh man 11 is 11 is light work what are we talking about it's pretty <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> i know you gotta push uh, uh rivers rivers kids yeah yeah. Speaking of, congratulations, Phil Rivers and, and his family. They had another uh, child this week, I think, or maybe it was last week. So, you know, he's up to a legitimate football team now. Yeah. And, and Gunner's apparently pretty good. Yeah. He's like lighting it up Alabama, in Alabama high school football. Shout out Gunner Rivers. That's going to suck right. when I got to scout Gunner Rivers. <laughs> for... Dude, Antonio Gates Jr., I think, yes. is in, in this upcoming class if he wants to be. I think he can declare yeah. if he wants. So, yeah. I don't know if he's any good or not, but uh, yeah. if he is not declaring, he should transfer because Michigan State is a train wreck right now. Yeah. Yeah. We just saw Tomlinson's nephew. We had Frank Gore Jr., not too far back. You know, yeah. Uh, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. is coming up. Yeah. So strange. Uh, I don't know if you know him, but Carlos Boozer, who played in the NBA forever, he played on the Jazz when I was growing up. Uh, he has twin sons who are getting recruited by Duke right now. And it's just like, what the heck? Like, it's so weird. Carmelo Anthony's son is getting recruited right now. Mm. Obviously, LeBron's son is, is playing for USC this year. It's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. I, uh, it made me feel this kind of conversation. I had to explain to my students this week what a pager was. <laughs> like they were, they were at like a group of them were at this table working with one of our tutors uh, on a history packet. And there was like a picture with a guy with a pager and they were like, Mr. H like, do you know what, do you know what this is? Like, what is this guy holding? And I was like, that's a pager. Like, yeah, 
you like you know what a pager is and they're like no what's that and so i'd explain like what it was like i never used a pager but my parents did uh, when yeah I was growing up and they're like that sounds so stupid like what is the point of that and i'm like well we didn't have cell phones guys like there were no cell phones <laughs> i know i um I never had to use one, so I couldn't ex like explain how to use one. But I certainly know what a page is or a pager yeah. is, and what it means to, like to page someone or, or whatever. So, yeah, the uh, yeah, it's gonna get worse. <laughs> I'm a, I'm officially in the age of my life where I I don't like the kids' music, you know, yes. like you know, yes. in eighth grade, you know, seventh grade, eighth grade, high school, whatever. Like, you know, listen to know for us in LA, like 102.7, 98.7, 93 point one. 95.5, 105.9, et cetera. Like, and everything was like good. You know, I didn't love everything, but like it was solid. Now I listen to it and it's like, what is, what is this? I think I'm officially in that age where I don't like the young kid music. And that's a whole transition <laughs> I wasn't ready for. Yeah. I, uh, I've recently gotten back into like the 2000s genre of music, you know, like uh, all of the, the rock bands from back when I was a kid and, and, you know, uh, like Lincoln Park, Green Day, all that stuff. Um, Foo Fighters. Granted, that's kind of more 90s stuff, but, uh, you know, it's just the, the current state of music is, is not my, not my cup of tea. Hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, Tyler, any final thoughts before we head out? Dude, a win would be great. That just makes the whole rest of the season look so much brighter and so much hope and so much belief because you beat a very good team. Uh, if they lose, we'll be here anyway again. Well, actually, I won't be here. It'll be Alex yeah. and Arjun. Yeah, Alex just pointing this out. Uh, we got Gen Z stream tomorrow, I, I guess is, is what they're they're calling it. So that's what the kids are calling it these days. Um, so yeah, Tyler and I are going to be at the game. I will obviously be driving back uh, from Inglewood to uh, Clovis, California. And so Arjun and Alex will be live after the game to have you guys covered. Um, we, Tyler and I will be on the Chargers channel on Wednesday. So you're not going to hear from us for a few days. Um, uh, but should be fun. I'm excited, man. I really am. I think this is as someone who loves trench play, like I'm so excited for this, like Lions offensive line versus Chargers defensive line matchup. It's gonna be a ton of fun to watch on tape and I'm, I'm genuinely excited for this matchup. So, uh, like I mentioned, we'll be there. Uh, come say hello. If you're at the game, we do really always appreciate that and, uh, should be fun. <laughs> yeah me and you just said get on my grass pretty much yeah <laughs> we don't have california doesn't have grass a ton like we have recently because yeah. of the rain but hasn't been great yeah no we have uh we have fake grass at our house so yeah smart it's the way to go all right guys uh appreciate it that's gonna do it for us today thank you guys so much for uh tuning in as always like the video comment subscribe all that good stuff um, like I mentioned, Arjun and Alex will be live tomorrow. Todd and I will see you guys on the Chargers channel on Wednesday as usual. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you then. As always, bolt up. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.